I'm the founder and creator of an Australian masturbation group, Kangaroo Jacks. Hi, I'm Twinkle Motherfucking Toes, once again. <laughs> and I'm Jamal. And welcome to Black Toe Roots, a Blackly Black podcast where we recap RuPaul's Drag Race. We have just wrapped up 27 years of Drag Race season 13 here in the States, and now we are diving on into Drag Race Down Under. Darling, how are you? I'm good. Did you? <laughs> what? I'm good. We started and then we were having some issues. And by we, I mean me, because of course, if there's going to ever be any issues with recording and audio, it is going to be on the side of Twinkle My Fucking Toes. And for that, I'm not sorry. Okay. It just mm. happened. Well, uh, in the words of T.S. Madison, we have a dedicated internet server and dedicated. And in the words of T.S. Madison, is it on? Is it on? The red light is blinking, so this motherfucker must be on. So in our previous recording, before we got fucked up by Miss Technology, we were talking about how Jamal and I made good on going on our date to Outback Steakhouse, where Jamal harassed our waiter constantly with Australia puns. I did not. And a request for a blooming onion. So yes. that is where you were all left off in this conversation. I did not so harass our waiter. <laughs> ad nauseum with puns about australia and i think the listeners of this podcast know that that is a lie from hell the listeners know because that you if are anyone dad if, jokes if any one of us would be the person that was out harassing people with australia puns it would not be me yeah i think that is you because they know that you love dad jokes so you just need to accept that yeah. No, so we did. So Jamal had never gone to Outback Steakhouse before in his life. And as my mom reaffirmed the next day when I had brunch with her, we went constantly as, as kids. So we decided to go. Um, Jamal, tell people about your experience at Outback Steakhouse for the very first time. It was fine. It wasn't like I, like I previously stated, it wasn't the, the culinary experience that I was looking for. But it was all right. The bread was nice, beautiful gowns. Yeah. Beautiful gown, yeah. The bread, the brown bread, be doobie bussin. Uh, uh, it was, it was fun. It was cute. It's, it's um, as my sister calls it, it's TGI Fridays with an Australian accent. So, you but know, it doesn't even have an Australian accent. Exactly. It's, it's a full on like Florida Tampa situation going on. But you know, it's cute for what it is. I love how everything on the menu. If they, they, someone like they're sitting in a pitch meeting and they're going, all right. So how do we make this sound Australian? Add Aussie to the beginning of it. Add Bloomin' to the front of it, girl. And suddenly it's motherfucking uh, giving Vegemite. Uh, very much so not bad, but otherwise a fun little experience. I will tell you one thing, though. Not looking forward to going back anytime soon. <laughs> no, you don't want to go see Sergio? Yeah, no, you know, I think I know exactly where I can find Miss Sergio up in Baltimore. <laughs> so... <laughs> Ooh. I know there was a Sergio I went to undergrad with. Oh my mm-hmm. God, I used to masturbate to that boy all day long. He was a, he's of course referring to the jeans. Child, he was this big Brazilian boy who played soccer. Big old butt. I was like, oh my God, yes. Take me. He never took me, but it's okay. Okay, so let's get into Drag Race <laughs> down under episode four, right? So last week, Scarlett Adams, this is where we got fucked up last week. This Scarlett Adams was the winner of the Queens Down Under track that was uh, where the lead vocals were actually by one Michelle Visage. I love that for her. She's a, uh, Jamal doesn't call it a comeback. I said, we're calling it a, a revisiting of her 
singing career because she also was up in somebody else's video recently too do you yeah, remember that tied that song for um steps some group that's been yeah. around forever that i don't <laughs> i've never heard about it's, it's about the legendary teams. steps with their return to the end of return who are these motherfuckers <laughs> and just because you've not heard of them doesn't mean that they weren't famous at some point See, this is the shit I'm talking about, Jamal. You are not the only person who you don't always have to frame out who is actually famous. I'm just saying, are you legendary if I've never heard of you? Legendary implies legendary implies that even if I don't like you, I've heard of you. Legendary? I don't think so. Have you had longevity in the UK? Probably. Yeah, you're not the litmus test for long, uh, legendary. Anyway, so last week Scarlett Adams won the dance challenge, and the bottom the two was Electra and Coco Jumbo, where Miss Coco Jumbo got sent to the house to um, Peaches and Herb, and uh, Miss Electra was giving us Pixie Sticks White Girl at prom for Broken Pride. Did you know? So uh, something that was came up as we were going through whatever that tragedy that was last week's. Uh, runway, and then it dawns on me that I didn't realize that they really don't have prom in Australia. They have what's called formal there. So someone pointed out that when they utilize the term prom, I think everybody decided to go with the traditional uh, American definition of prom, which is framed in the 80s context, which is why some of it looks like an 80s hot mess. Aside from etc. Right. Who we were um, decidedly nice to. <laughs> last week because there was a couple of things we could have called her on in the appropriation alley but we're not going to get into that today so it's a new day in the workroom and everybody is uh, everyone said that Miss Coco Jumbo is gone and everybody is stepping on Electra's neck <laughs> and Electra keeps claiming that she does not know why she was up in the bottom last week but we all know why and Scarlett framed it really well when uh, we get into the more shady parts of the episode where she was pulling focus because mm-hmm. I think that uh, Electra is uh, really stuck on uh, we're gonna get the names right this episode too because apparently last episode we were fully calling Electra Scarlett <laughs> and we didn't realize it Yeah, yeah, yeah Electra yeah. has it framed out and she's thinking about it as they called me the Beyonce, I was in the front, I was doing this, I was doing that, but you were pulling focus away from the team and it wasn't a, co- it wasn't a cohesive product. And they suffered for that. And the reason she was right up in that bottom. Um, do you know who the guest judge is? Because this is the first in-person just, guest judge we have this week. No, I did not know who the guest judge was prior to this, but he's an actor. So the guest <laughs> in the world. <laughs> <laughs> So, they, so, so you know, they return from the runway, so like, we are continuing to get this build up between this rivalry, or I don't know if you want to call them rivalry because I'm not really on the same level, between Scarlett and Miss Electra, and this is going to be a theme throughout. Yeah, now, you I also, that that could be rivals. Jocelyn Fox had a rivalry with Courtney Act. And Jocelyn's head. So keep that <laughs> in mind. And then also, also, I want you to also... Um, Put a pin in etc. Because what we have also been, while well, all of the girls are these Australian bitches are shady as hell. They are shady as a motherfucker. But that etc. etc. is like low key pulling a kimchi where she's trying to be shady on the loan. When really she the shadiest bitch out the bunch because she is clearly starting shit. This episode, last episode, and the episode's forthcoming. So the next play, next uh, the next day in the workroom, right? And the girls are still ready to throw hands. Uh, Miss Electra is over all of them coming for her. And I have to say that 
I understand Electra is delusional if she does not she if she does not understand the reality of what the uh, critique was on the runway. I do, however, feel like the girls are being really mean to her. Are they being mean, or is that just what the camera is picking up? That's possible, but I feel like the delivery is just the delivery is given very much so you don't deserve to be here when it's it's not them really thinking about it in the context of last week's challenge and like giving her actual proper critique. Critique is just all shadiness and guntiness. <laughs> anyway, well, RuPaul pumps up into the workroom and she brings a bunch of shit with her because we are getting our maxi challenge. No mini challenge this week, praise the Lord. And the she goes, uh, people leave some shit around and you can turn something that's tragic into magic. And they wheelbarrow, the pit crew wheelbarrows a bunch of shit in. And in my head, I'm saying, oh, Raven about to pop out of there. And I have no interest in seeing fucking Raven walk through and talk to the girls about makeup. I'm not interested in that. <laughs> Surprise. Never do that. What are you talking about? <laughs> Raven has never popped out of the she always I don't I don't think she would throw Raven in no yeah. shit. Raven always no. comes in with introduction. Whatever, Raven about to come in wherever there's a check involved. The same way they got Michelle Visage doing every Child, Michelle is well. running the boom mic in Australia. Michelle has got the, the PA. She's booking the food and the catering. She's doing the snatch game and she's doing payroll. Michelle from finance. Mm-mm. So if there's a check involved, Miss Raven's going to do it. Anywho, so they will and all this shit. And then who pops out that motherfucker? Like I said, it was gonna happen. They was gonna figure out how to do it. Art Simone is back, bitch, and I screamed, and for a couple of reasons. One, uh, <laughs> I like Art Simone, and I just knew that there was no way in the world they was going to send out a top competitor that early and not give her a second chance. Not when, at the same time, they brought Nisha Lopez back. They figured out how to bring Cynthia Lee Fontaine back, even though she got that ass whipped against Robbie Turner. It was really the only reason she got sent to the house. I knew they were going to figure out a way to bring back Archibald. And if you look around the room, all of the girls are upset. They are shook. And then I immediately texted Jamal, because I know his ass was not awake, and said, oh, girl, I can't wait to record today. <laughs> well, it was boring. I mean, it's just it's not, that's not exciting to me. That's nepotism. It's not exciting to me. Like, I appreciate the fact that somebody came into the competition who had a bigger standing and they got sent mm-hmm. home on the validity of them not doing well in the competition. Yeah. Totally. And for you to bring her back, it is, I appreciate that. I'm I'm here for bringing people back. I definitely am. I'm here for bringing people back when there's a structure and an order to it and it's not just cherry picking, right? So like when, when the girls get brought back based on votes, I appreciate that, right? Because mm-hmm. at least there's a structure and an order to it. Wasn't there only one time there was a vote when they brought the girls back? Well, I'm just saying, like that, or even in like season three when RuPaul allegedly was like Michelle and uh, Michelle and Santino consult with each other and decide which of the eliminated queens. And by that time, we had had a body of eliminated queens. We had a nice little body of queens. Yeah. I think about you know I think about that moment a lot because that was because, a good moment. And it was one well, of because first, go ahead. That was it because it was a good moment. It was the first time that that had happened, so it was exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, I think about that moment a lot too because you know, in my head, I always feel like they should have brought back Shangela. They should have brought back Shangela, but she had just that, went home. Well, else, well, it's not unusual for them to go. Let's go ahead and just pull back to the last bitch we just sent to the house. She had just uh, went home. That episode. Then, well, you know, also don't really feature Carmen Carrera like that. So well, when they, they brought, brought back, back Carmen Mariah, Carrera, 
They could have brought back Delta. Mm-hmm. They could have brought back Phoenix. No. <laughs> nobody wants to see any more of that. I don't know why you sit here and cape for Miss Phoenix like, <laughs> like no she is just Phoenix. everything. Miss Phoenix is wonderful in the context of not doing RuPaul's Drag Race. Not everybody's supposed to be up on Drag Race. Exactly. Anyway, so that's why that has not come back. Art Simone is back with Serena Chacha about to be back, and that's a whole other uh, well, that's all sauce. we can rehash. Uh, hashtag Adidas Riz for all sauce. Uh, hashtag she fucked up my hair. Um, so Art Simone is back again. I already figured that they were going to figure out a way to shoehorn her back into the competition. I like Art Simone. And since we are, I mean, if you talk about like, yeah, I prefer a fairness to it. I prefer thinking about it in the way of this is a competition. You have to earn your way back in. But they've also set plenty of precedent where that's not been the fucking case. So if we want to do that for other girls, we might as well bring Art Simone back. So everybody in the room is, the face is cracked. And the one in specific that you need to be looking at is Miss Karen from Finance. Because Karen just knew she got that ass up out of episode two. And there was nothing to worry about. The path was clear to the motherfucking win. Art Simone was gone. She is wrong. So yeah. girls, a key can, yeah, you choose back. Da, 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 da. And we learned that today's challenge is a design challenge where they have to take garbage and make it into fashion, uh, which is in the tradition of RuPaul's Drag Race, getting your shit from the dollar store and making something out of it. Um, I think Canada did it really, really well when they did it. They had a um, really explicit recycling theme around the runway that week. Oh, you, you mean when Priyanka was Priyanka like reinvented fashion? Yes, when Priyanka was the new Linda Evangelista? From the House of Evangelista, absolutely. That iconic moment that made Stacy grab Brooklyn's arm. <laughs> the moment of moments. <laughs> Girl, yes. <laughs> so let's talk about the prep for the challenge. The prep for the challenge. Well, first of all, one thing you missed um, is that Electra uttered the words that are usually the kiss of death on Drag Race, which is I've sent the this amount of bitches home uh, and I will keep sending them home. It's it's in the it's in the family of if I have to lip sync my way to the top, to the I top. will lip sync my way to the top. I'm fierce entertainer. If I have right. to lip sync to the top, I'm gonna lip sync to the top and send all of you bitches home week by week. Right, which usually means that you're about to go. So I I was I was thinking about that when she said that. But yeah, so the girls do their like mad dash to the supplies. Um, and <laughs> I do because I because it's not safe. So mm-hmm. and Willem has has talked about this at nausea. You mean Willem, uh, Willem Osha? Willem yes, Osha? exactly. How's that safe? Um, but anyway, out of the mad dash, I'm usually thinking about what I would target and grab. Um, um and I see that like Maxi is grabbing a whole bunch of these uh laundry bags. Um. And I see that Electra is grabbing a whole bunch of stuffed animals. So I'm very concerned for her off the top. Um, so we get a little bit of discussion from our Simone about how she, you know, is mentally prepared to be back in the race and all this here. stuff. Right. Well, we noticed she just full on sat in the hotel room for one for three days. Yeah, the production was like, girl, don't worry. Just make right. Some make some mean moments, bitch. Right, we do we do try to get some resolve around that uh, infamous quote unquote note note gate uh, where they asked mm-hmm. our Simone if she was the one who left, and she's like, "No, it wasn't me." So whatever, I just want yeah, that storyline. Story it, it was giving very Ariel Versace's wigs. Yeah, it was it was it was a mess. Um, so 
the harassment of Electra continues because yes. they they state the packing order has been that um Artsama was sent home by Coco, Coco was sent home by Electra, and then everybody kind of shadily looks over at Electra and Electra. Yeah, like Electra about to wear everybody out. Right, and Electra is full on uh, massacring stuffed animals. <laughs> She's just like taking all her frustration. If there was ever a PSA for stress balls or like stress items, <laughs> I think that that was it. Because she is just fully sitting there just ripping things apart. Which is, oh God, I mean, <laughs> it's deconstructing and putting things back together is time consuming. It's exhausting. And I imagine that, I mean, Drag Race is a pressure cooker situation. So and then also all these bitches have been right up on her neck for the last couple of uh, hours. So Miss Electra is She'll over be all right. boots. She'll be all right. Um, yeah, but you know, I think she still needs to distance herself and like find a minute to stop digging her heels in and just get her head back in the game. Well, she's also, it's just, it's, it's, it's also a matter of coming into the competition and know and realizing that what the level that you are at um, may need some elevation and some tweaking. Yeah, totally. So that's what I'm saying. So when she gets when she can get some time to not be so angry about it and to process it, she'll be in a better place. Yeah, when she gets some time to develop that makeup some more. So mm, that can be uh, for a couple of girls. Karen, <laughs> Karen is beginning her storyline. She states that if Art Simone can lose the snatch game and come back, um, then I want redemption for my snatch game. And we learned that Karen um is going to add a character to it. So to her look today. Um, and yeah, so the girls are doing that. RuPaul comes in and does a slow walkthrough uh, with the girls one by one. One thing I always look at at the, at the slow walkthroughs is how much of a garment the girls have when RuPaul comes to talk to yeah. them. So, yeah. So like, cause you got Maxi walking up with just like a square of a, a square of a, a laundry bag. She got a swatch. The bitch can't wear a right. swatch. So we're gonna make something out of this, right? And really worry for her because one thing, one thing we always gotta we have to give Miss Maxie show credit for is she knows what she is inefficient in. She said when we started the challenge prep that I came in here not knowing how to sew, but I went and tried to learn and took some classes. We are gonna make it do what it do. She not over there fretting and driving herself fucking crazy about it. So go off for having the nerve to sit in front of RuPaul, Andre, Charles with just a swatch of a goddamn uh, laundry bag. Well, she's not the only one that walked up with nothing. Um, uh, Anita Wiggler has entered the chat. Yeah, Anita is clearly struggling with everything she's trying to create. Um, our Simone walks up with a bodice and some uh, balloons that look like connected to it. Uh, so it's pretty much all over the place in terms of where the girls are at. Mm. One, Electra does try to pick Rue's head and she says, I want to pick your brain a little bit. Um... <laughs> <laughs> at least she was honest. She had a legit but, question. She no, was, no, as I say, at least she was honest. She went up there. It, it's giving me very much so. Remember when Roxy Andrews had a uh, Roxy Andrews had the candy coated Dorito, mm-hmm. and you know RuPaul said, "Okay, Miss Thing, here are my notes. You were about to have no kind of body in this," and went back to the drawing board. That's exactly what Miss uh, Electra did. So go off for ask, asking the questions and uh, being honest about where you're falling flat because. Uh, a lot of this is also given that Miss Thing is not about to listen to anybody and pivot where she needs to. No, because she's too she's too much in her feelings. Mm-hmm. She's entirely too much in her feelings. Um, and Rue is kind of just like at a loss of what to do with her or what to say to her. So 
When she told her that she was skinny, like she loves to do. Well, yeah, but you know, RuPaul's always gonna, you know, your body is perfect you have for the clothes. Per- you have the perfect body for clothes. You you mean skinny? Right. Everybody's body is perfect for clothes. Exactly. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, Maxie is short and stout and still ate Miss uh Miss Thing up on the runway tonight. So T. Yeah. Uh also, listeners, keep keep an uh, keep an eye out for Miss Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, who is also continuously stirring the pot up in this. Well, shit. yeah, every time they go over to Etc. in a confessional, Etc. is being a shady ass mess. Like she right. she is uh, on Art Simone's ass when they cut over to her and yes. the <laughs> while Simone's talking to Rue. Um, she's on Anita's ass. She is definitely on Electra's ass. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's just. This episode was really just not doing uh, et cetera any favors. Side note, I'm going to be so glad when et cetera or Electra goes home because I'm tired of tripping up in my mind over those two names. Et cetera and Electra. <laughs> yeah, being that similar to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Electra got to, uh, to, uh, double homicide on her side. Or, you know, so all it takes is a third. She'll be out. Child. Anyway. Um. What I didn't okay, so here's the thing. What I don't like is when RuPaul acts like some shit is brand fucking new. So mm-hmm. Anita walks up and she's like, "Well, girl, um, I I love to sew, but I break every machine that I'm on." Uh, and then she's like, "Well, maybe I'm gonna get a hot glue gun." And Ru's like, <laughs> "Oh, you gonna get hot glue?" And I'm like, "Bitch, don't act like girls have not come up here and fully served you a fierce ass looks with a hot yeah. glue gun." Exactly. I was about to say, Ben Della Creme comes to my mind when she made that fabulous dress um, with high glue and desperation. Yes, girl. Well, you know, they, you know that's that's the um, those are the roots of drag, right? Being artsy, being um, creative, you know, making things work when you don't know how to necessarily do the thing. So, uh, being able to sew, and this goes back to Electra, being able to sew and have a style are two motherfucking different things. Mm-hmm. And Electra calls that out on herself. And you know, speak RuPaul also just likes to be shady too, because RuPaul also comes up in there when Scarlet rolls around and says, Oh, you're a costume designer, Miss Thing. And she goes, Yeah, I'm putting together this 50s picnic concept. And then Ru asks being shady as hell, going, So what critique would you give your fellow team captain from last week, Electra, or her performance on her team and from uh, for her team? And it is a shady question, but I don't think that Scarlet answered it shady because she was she told the truth it was an honest and fair critique you were pulling focus you were doing a lot in the back and we noticed mm-hmm. we noticed yeah so the girls the girls are going through there and of course Electra just goes through the roof with her the fucking anger at this point i think that um <laughs> they had uh the ambulance and the the officials on speed dial uh-huh because Electra was fitting to air the room out if somebody yeah, said one more thing sideways to her <laughs> i just said it imagine a bunch of bitches just talking shit about you all week and you still try to process you uh being in the bottom and the first three weeks you've been there and whatever it's <laughs> you look girl you, this it ain't nothing right, new. Bitch, but I, I understood. I understood where she was coming this from. This ain't nothing new. This is a drag queen's uh, dresser room. Yes, it's you a drag queen's dresser room where you can sit, be sent right the fuck home and not win your $30,000 and $5,000 sponsored by Barefoot. Child, and she, we definitely know she ain't winning. So, <laughs> um, uh, she's in up there in the top three with Art Simone and Cameron. Lies. She going home next week. <laughs> I can't fucking see it. So, <laughs> We do have one more moment, speaking of Electra, 
uh-huh. where her and um, Scarlett are talking to each other, and Electra's like, "Well, let me just run down my CV to you real quick." She's like, <laughs> "I've danced with J Lo, I've danced with the Jonas yeah. Brothers, I've danced with Taylor Swift, <laughs> I've danced, yes, she did. I've danced with Selena. I danced with Abba. I was, I was right. right there with motherfucking Chingy doing the chicken head. You're right? She's like, I." You know, we'll we'll run down the scene. I admitted the hustle really bitch. It was giving right. a scene of Mandela. Right, and that's and that's the same. That's the other thing I thought. I was like, well, the last bitch who came on the show running down her CV went right on home. Yeah, last girl running down her CV had to write down her termination date from RuPaul's Drag Race. So we're gonna shit next, girl. So let's not get up into you know credentials. That don't mean a damn thing. The new girls are good for coming in and storming the motherfucking party. Yeah. So we get all that, um, and. We wrap up our time prepping with um, a, I guess, I guess a moment of humanization for et cetera, et cetera, where she talks about um, just her gender identity and yeah. people's reactions to her um, mm-hmm. outside of drag, right? Where people, uh, pref- well, people comment, right? Um, right? You look so pretty as a boy. Why don't you butch it up? Or um, well, Sutter also presents as femme out of drag too, so people assume that they are doing drag every time they present. When, and this goes to that a whole um, idea where people don't understand the separation of the art from the actual person, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and existing yeah. outside of drag. Yeah, so that's good. It's good to have a moment of humanization for uh, etc. Because she's been a bitch for the entirety <laughs> of the show. <laughs> Well, you know, she, Sarah is also, she's cutty, but she's also young. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at her and I'm going, I know what your bag is. I know what your zhush is. I know what you're doing, girl. So like, you Does she not, know what her zhush is? Because I don't hate a Sarah's outfit except for tonight. So let's get into the fashion. Um, And last week, and... What was last week? What did she wear last week? Her black face and low. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Her, 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 <laughs> she was giving full on Charlie Hyde's last week. And then Loki, that uh, grotesque surgery outfit, I was on the fence about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair. Um. So the only thing I like is when this bitch came in dry, as a fucking cicada. And when she was the scuba person. Let's get into the runway. So RuPaul, duh, duh, and the RuPaul is at the very top of the stage. Um, I would like for our listeners to do some homework for us before I decide to read this outfit. If there's some sort of cultural significance, to what it. you didn't like the outfit? The outfit's the fuck terrible, and I'm trying you to didn't figure like out. The outfit? Hell no, with was... the mu- with the mucklucks, Jamal. I-, I thought it was all right. I thought it was cute. It's terrible. So I, I'm and I'm like, well, maybe there's some sort of reference that she's pulling that I'm not aware of before, and I don't want to read it before I know that. But I let me not, write this, this outfit back. Cute. Let me ride that outfit think back. This was I don't think it was fierce at all. <laughs> I think she looked like she was going to a rave in Australia in 1993. It girl, let her live her fantasy. She oh bullshit! You. Not the way that you read Miss RuPaul up on the runway week after week, girl. She I giving you a new silhouette, girl. Yes. And she needs to, no, and she needs to go ahead and retire that old ass <laughs> attitude because that is not it tonight. She is giving you it a new not. silhouette. She needs to give it back. I stand for <laughs> it. I stand. It is a look. And what happened at the end of the video for Stan? They died. I so look. let's get into the category, the runway. So the first one out is Miss Art Simone and a full oh, you're not gonna talk about your um your friend Reese. No, Reese is good. We're gonna talk about <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna have a moment. No, I'm already I'm already no, crazy. No. 
I'm Twinkle, already playing Breeze, and I think that. Go ahead. For people who don't know, Twinkle is a full on member of the fucking uh, the Reese fan club. I am. I think he's wonderful. I think he's a good judge. I think he's funny. I think he's not. Um, I think he is good at pulling older. Re- he's a comedian. So he's good at pulling older references and still delivering them well. And I don't think some of them are as tired as they could easily be if they were coming out of Carson Kressley's mouth. Oh, don't do that to Carson I'm Kressley. I'm not coming, but, it's just some, but sometimes it's like, okay, old drag queen jokes, we got it. Um, so I love Miss Reese, but you know, Reese is there. Reese has uh, very clearly secured why he is a judge on this season of Drag Race. Um, because he's a top. <laughs> as he has reminded us every episode uh, on his grinder profile, his Adam for Adam and his Christian Mingle account, we all know. So anyway, mm-hmm. let's get into the runway. So the first one down the runway is Miss Art Simone, and she is giving us a full Marie Antoinette. Now I want you to put a pin in this because we're going to talk about this outfit when we get to motherfucking judging. She is wearing a full-on Gottmik mug tonight, which I, I feel like I felt bad writing now Gottmik mug, but you know, it's relevant. Uh, she looks absolutely stunning. She looks great. It's not the you know the best thing since sliced fucking bread. Like they were trying absolutely to make it stunning. Today, she does look beautiful. You be throwing that absolutely stunning around a lot. I think you are making shit up. No, <laughs> run run the episodes back. You hit absolutely stunning a lot. I don't think she looks stunning. I don't think she looks stunning. I thought she looked disheveled in a mess. Well, you know, the show girl's always a little disheveled. Anyway, Ketamine pumps on the runway and she is wearing the same tired ass silhouette that she wears every single week. So I made a comment. One of our uh, followers mentioned that sometimes they don't recognize Ketamine yeah. when she comes on the runway. Yeah, you, that's do, you, true. do you think that too? That's true, because sometimes I forget what she actually looks like. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I was like, I, you know, that, that, the reason, only reason I ever remember because she wears that same, that same sort of, uh, full skirt silhouette regardless though. So the, the garment has all of these um, black paper, uh, wow, mm, colorful playpen balls on the top. It has the playpen balls at the bottom of the skirt. I think she constructed it beautifully because when you have that many of them on a garment, whatever she put under it, um, she did it, did it really well so that it looked like it was flouncy and out flouncy and sort of uh, puffing out and versus weighing down that actual fabric. I love the choice of using the uh, balls to make a wig and then the umbrella on top. Kidda gets a toot for me this week. But I'm tired of the silhouette. I didn't mind the silhouette. I didn't think that it was um, tired. I, I appreciated Kidda's outfit. Um, yeah, and I thought that it was creative. I was very pleased with it because what I thought was going to happen um up in the beginning of that outfit did not happen. And here's the thing, I wish she had gone a different direction with it. I would have loved for her to have tried something new, something that was a little more um, different, edgy. Because I, I think what she already had, like the base of what she had put together was a really good start. I think it's something that you could easily also over-design if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. So if that's not in her wheelhouse of things to do, that's fine, you know. Sometimes with these challenges, girl, you just, you're just trying to get through these bitches. It's the same way that some of the girls are just trying to get through the Snatch Game. Uh, so I understand the choice, but I would have loved for her to have gone a little further with it. Regardless, I think she did a really good job this week. And she mm-hmm. was- a comes out in this lavender goddess situation, and she claims that she's pulling a 1920s reference. But I mean, I'm going through my wheelhouse of references, and I mean, I, I'm going to acknowledge I don't know everything about the goddamn 20s, nor about worldwide what everybody was doing in the 1920s. But what she's describing is like 1920 BC. <laughs> As, as her look and uh, it's it's beautiful she looks good uh, nothing to write home about 
what I did notice with this runway is that there there were the garments that were well constructed, and there were the garments that were like um, a point of view aesthetic. There was some fashion and drag to it. It wasn't given for me. It wasn't given. It was given the fucking. Um... Was giving. I put. I, I wrapped. I, I know how to drape fabric really, really right. Well. It was given fabric and a fabric and a belt, and yes. then the makeup was not given, and the, the Dreamcaster was especially not given. So well, yeah, because yeah, it's, you, and this is how you can be disserviced by props because what do you, it could have easily flown by itself if it was there was no prop there. Yeah. Right. Mm. Um. Anyway, we get into our favorite <laughs> or my favorite. I don't know if it's your favorite. Maxi Shield comes on the runway, and thank God she comes down with the beautiful garment because I was getting really worried. So we missed this point when we're talking about the prep, where Maxi Maxi's a bigger and a, style, a, a bigger girl. She's a shorter girl, and she chose this fabric that does not stretch, does not move, does not breathe. So it's really easy for you to make a garment like with you make a garment with this particular material, and it looks stiff, it looks boxy. And she comes out with this two piece set with this uh, crop top. I live for Maxi being a bigger girl and not being afraid of the crop top. Um, and she knows her proportions. And this pencil skirt, the hair is like crimped. It's giving me Vivian Westwood. It's punk. You know, I hate throwing that around, but it is very much so that. She Vivian looks Westwood. Westwood. Oh, well, you know, they were eat, Bimini would come down there just butt naked. So, oh, girl, it's Vivian Westwood. Is, West, is that Westwood? It's a Westwood. Is that a Westwood? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, she has plungers on her butt. Do not do that. Um, you know what this garment is giving me? It's giving me the ready-to-wear version of what Davina DeCampo made for their recycling runway on UK Series 1. It was cute. It was cute. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. You know, and I wasn't even mad at the purse this time. You know, you know I hate when the girls come in with purse. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But I wasn't even mad at it. She, she did the challenge. I appreciate it. Karen from Finance comes down the runway as Dora the Explorer. Um, looking the fuck terrible. Looking the absolute fuck terrible. This wig is a hot ass mess. She has entirely too many props on. Karen from Finance decided that she was going to come down and redeem her snatch game. And I wonder if this was also a choice because art some, oh, you said this earlier, but like, mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, so yeah, I'm not going to repeat something you already said. Art Simone came back. For some reason, she got in her head that the assignment was redeem my snatch game. So not only is she pulling this reference that none of us know, and that's the point of the Snatch Game. If you're going to pull a reference we don't know, you have the opportunity on the game to articulate that. The assignment was not that. The assignment was to create something from trash and make it look like fashion. And she did not do that. So, boot. What? Yeah, she looked terrible. I'm not sorry. Oh. <laughs> I already said she looked terrible. <laughs> So taking notes uh, and uh, taking names at the same time down the runway is Miss Electra. She has decided to make a dress out of ties. And I have to say, she looks great this week. I think that we can tell, I can tell that she knows how to sew with this guy, with this garment because she took the ties all the way down. Uh, and the girls tend to want to make a little cha-cha dress when it comes to making a tie, uh, a tie outfit. Um, Abby OMG has entered the chat. The only things I hated on this outfit was that the bodice that was covering up her chichis was not also that tie material um, because the garment was otherwise well fit and well made. And something about that wig, I didn't, the wig is a nice wig. It's a well executed wig. It is not a wig I would have worn with this. It wasn't a wig for her. It's yeah. not a, it wasn't a wig that fit her face or her, her exactly or the outfit. So Has that's she worn what- any nice wigs? No, 
So that's when when Scarlett later on Scarlett says, you know, this is a nice dress, but I would have changed the styling, yes. and <clears throat> and Electra gets in her feelings, um, because Scarlett's been her, on her ass the entire episode. Right. But it was a it was a correct critique. The dress is nice, exactly. but the styling is fucked. Mm-hmm. The, the wig is not the is not the wig for that dress. It's definitely right. not a wig for your face. The so makeup you still is coming together. You know what right. I mean? So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, I agree with Scarlett in that term. The wig, absolutely, the styling was off, but the dress was nice. It was a good idea, and it was executed uh, decently. Right. Because I think uh, what we didn't talk about is what we should, she was talking about doing, which was a uh, kangaroo hunter. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I said, with the person with the right amount of fashion prowess and like the eye, could execute that beautifully. I think about mo- the monster runway. I think about um, on season 13, I think about Kim Chi, who um, does have some, um, I don't want to call it horror, but like you, she's the, like that, that teddy bear uh, look that she did for the pit, the pit stop. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Everything. Uh, Electra does not have that. So, <laughs> so, you know, you would have to have the sort of the know-how and the eye for fashion and styling to make that work. She listened to all of Rue's critiques and pivoted to a gown and she said she was feeling sexy. It was reminding me of how Jenny Lemon was refusing to be sexy on the runway and then got up into the fantasy and was like, oh, oh. So, you know, good work. Good work this week. Um, After her is Anita in a gown that we have seen a million times before. Jamon was the last. Didn't you see this gown yesterday? (laughs) Didn't you see this gown yesterday? Oh. I mean, it's a gown, but I wouldn't go off and say I've seen it a million times. Right. So, so Kita, I mean, wow, mm, Anita, these bitches need to start differentiating these names, or I should probably learn them. Anyway. It definitely could have been done better. <laughs> Absolutely. It definitely could have been executed better. I don't think that what they were giving it was an accurate critique. So, mm. Anita comes on the runway. She's wearing this asymmetrical gown that I think the top piece is made from the video cassette films. And then as it and then it begins to sort of ombre into the book pages. And the last time I remember seeing book pages on the runway done and executed that way, at least slightly well, was during the book ball, and that was the assignment. Um, it's it's this black and white mix. I think that given what we had seen in the initial edit, we anticipated being we anticipated this garment being much more overworked. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and I do not think that is the case. I think that, I mean, sure, with more time, it would have been better, but I don't think it was nearly as bad as the judges made it out to be. And according to them, they've seen this dress every other week. It was like, like you mentioned when we talked earlier, it was like that time that they said, we've seen 8,000 mummies when they were talking to sister, sister. Meanwhile, I could think of only one time we saw a mummy on the runway and it was Brooklyn Heights. Right. So last but not least is Miss Scarlett Adams and she's giving us this picnic table. Is that a romper or is it a set? I think it's a set. It would have been better if it was just a romper. It wasn't uh, inside the next. Yeah, I thought it, I think it, well, that's what I was saying earlier about how there was this, there was the clear difference between the garments that were well executed and just made well and fit well, and then the, the garments that were actually dragged. Mm. And hers fits into the category. And this was just made what was not particularly exciting to me. I think she did a really good job putting together on her body. I think Michelle uh, is tripping the way that she's going up with these shorts. Like they're the next thing since Jesus, uh, since Jesus Christ, because they, they're just regular picnic table shorts with lace. I would even eventually say that this outfit is tacky. But, well, you know, they got yeah. an agenda to push. 
They could have easily, and, and this. Well, I'll let you talk about the judges. So, I, I, all in all, I say what I need to say about the runway in terms of the difference between the twos. So, <laughs> I'm not going to want to repeat that same shit. <laughs> so, the, so uh, go ahead. So, Kidamine and Electra are dinged as safe. Everyone else is in the top and in the bottom. Electra has unclenched her butt cheeks. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, she did a good job. She, she, she deserved to be safe. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. But she knows this was probably the week. She said, "If this was, if I'm in the bottom, if that's it, that's it." Well, that's that's gonna be her struggle going forward every week, uh, right? Because next time she's in the bottom, she's going home, right? Um, so out of order, they love what Maxi did. Um, it's very Vivian Westwood. Something that I clocked that I did not clock um, on the initial runway is that she does not have a glove on her hand. She painted her hand red. Um, and I, <laughs> I like it's a, a Bonita Brown. Well, it's also given Alaska when Alaska was wrapping duct tape around her, her, her hands shoes. and her wrist. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, right. And I like that too, because it also goes with the challenge, right? Of making a garment out of disparate mm-hmm. items that you have. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, and, so that was great. <laughs> and so that was great. Um, sorry, they went up. They went up for Scarlett's uh, outfit. I didn't think that it was that special, but hey, they got an agenda to push. And the agenda is Scarlett is a fashion queen. Um, push, push, push. I think that them going up for Miss uh, Arsimone's Marie Antoinette look got on my nerves because I've seen Kiss entirely too on. many Marie Antoinettes on this stage. And um, done better. Sarajin right. is into the chat. Right, and this wasn't even the best Marie Antoinette that we've seen. It was a very shoddy Marie Antoinette. It was giving um, Barry, don't send me home the first day back in the room. Um, Karen, I think that Karen's Karen's outfit was very much like, I'm trying to remember the girl that they told. Oh, um, what's her name? What's she her said, name? Oh, and then what's her name? What's, the, what's, what's her, what her name? What's, what's her name? Reference? Um, Rihanna? No, her face is in the one that did the fucking Jigaboo look. Uh, <laughs> Which one? These girls the are not. The one that did the Jigaboo look. No, from season 13. Oh my God. Oh God. Wow, her name is gone. Anyway. Oh, Utica. Utica. Yes, Utica. Utica. Um, when <laughs> when they told Utica. Well. Now I want to go back t- to that episode because he went up for that look. <laughs> well. I didn't go up for it. I defended a certain element of it. But, but um, Which was I'm, unclear from the judges' stand. Well, what, why I'm bringing Utica up is because <laughs> they level the same critique, which is, girl, if we got to get all this story out for us to enjoy this look, then maybe you needed to just do a different look. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Wait a minute. And- <laughs> Well, I didn't. I don't mind Karen missing the mark. Um, and I was very happy about that. So, <laughs> I was. No, and, I, I was too. We'll talk about and, it when we get. We'll talk when we get to it. And then they roast Anita Wiglet, and I'm just like, oh man. Um, yes. and they level the critique. You know, we've seen this a thousand, a hundred thousand times, which is a fucking lie. Right. You've literally only probably seen it once, and that was during the book ball. Right. But. Um, one person did bad that ball right and then um etc cetera, etc cetera. they're like girl what the fuck's this it's not given 
is not giving what you thought it was going to give. Right. Um, and et cetera, is deflated because the whole episode, she's like, I just want feedback from the judges. And here you go. So whenever the girls say that, it's about to be an up episode, down episode. Denali hasn't took the chat. Right. Denali hasn't took the chat because she knew she was about to lose. It's click and bait. Yeah. I just did not think that the short set was that exciting, but whatever. I think so either. I, I didn't think so either. And I really thought this was a missed opportunity to give Maxie Shield her flowers. She went with a material that was harder. She does not know how to sew. Okay, Jocelyn. What? <laughs> Jocelyn Hernandez. She's when she was on Wendy Williams, and she's like, Wendy, the girls just feel like you don't be giving them their flowers. <laughs> uh, no, but they could have given it to because I thought it was a better look. I thought it was a, a, a better point of view. And if we're, if we're just giving points for construction, fine. But you know, I didn't think there was anything particularly nice, uh, uh, exciting about what Scarlett had on. I thought it was tacky. Meanwhile, Especially if you're the fashion. You're the fashion girl. Make something much more interesting than that. Meanwhile, cut to... Do you watch Jocelyn's Cabaret? No. We, we so, listen. No. Meanwhile, cut to Jocelyn's Cabaret. And <laughs> Jocelyn's Cabaret. Side note. Jocelyn's Cabaret is a show where she's putting together a cabaret show and training these dancers. And one girl, she's going off and the girl starts coughing. Um, and Jocelyn's like, bitch, are you coughing at me? Is you coughing at me? And she's like <laughs> hopping in the girl's face trying to fire. She's like, bitch, how dare you motherfucking cough at me, bitch? Like I'm anything. And I'm like, this is what, <laughs> this is what you wanted when he's to give flowers to. You sitting here trying to fight a bitch for coughing. I'm not sure how it was related to what we were just talking about. But because <laughs> I was in my, I was in a narrative flow. Yes, girl, you were you were smoothed down a rabbit hole, bitch. Well, down the hunch, girl. It, it would have been more cohesive, but you interrupted me in the middle, so I had to get back to my sentence. Now we can continue. Some motherfucking lie. With, you know, no, now go, we can continue. <laughs> Let's go backstage. So the girls get sent back to the house and they are fighting once a goddamn again. Okay. So etc. is in her feelings because she thinks that what Kidamine came up with is a hundred percent worse than what she came up with. And I said, now I'm tired of Kidda's, I'm tired of that same. Uh, uh, silhouette that Kidda gives, but Kidda did something exciting. She did something interesting. She didn't just drape some fabric and think, and then throw a slap on a 1920 steam, quote unquote, and you know, call it fashion. I at least love and I'm excited with the drag that Kidamine has put on. And then you know, you got Scarlett also leveling the critique that you mentioned earlier about um, the styling of Electra's. I'm sorry, I'm about to call that bitch, etc. Ooh, I'm turning to you, girl. Mm -hmm. Electra's outfit, where if it was better styled, it would have been in the top. And I completely agree because the other pieces of that garment were made incredibly well. Anyway, at this point, I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is probably a good time to send Karen from Finance home. Uh, and not just for the racism, but also it's not giving. It's not giving. And I feel like and it's and I feel I need to divorce myself from what this sort of hype that she also has around her too, right? Mm -hmm. Because her name has been dropped constantly, but in reality, I've never actually been familiar with her work. So I would be okay with her just hitting it to the house because she so very, very clearly missed the mark with the assignment. The assignment right. was not to recreate your snatch game. The assignment was to make fashion out of garbage and you did not do that. You look like Dora the Explorer up at the airport. So, and then I'm also hoping that it's, it's us, et cetera because I know that if they put Anita up in the bottom, it's not going to go well for her. Well, yeah. So they get back out to the runway. 
They named Scarlet the winner of this challenge. And I go, uh, all right, fine. Uh, <laughs> and Maxie and Art are sent to that sent to the back as safe, which is good because I think Maxie's also been getting like shit critiques over the last couple of weeks, or just like in well, the middle. Well, she been wearing shit the for the last couple of weeks. Well, I thought she looked beautiful last week. I think that week where she was wearing that out of the bag Madonna costume, now that shit was terrible. <sighs> so the bottom two this week are um, Karen. Uh oh, hold on. Are Karen from Finance and Anita Wiglip. And they are lip syncing to a Kylie Minogue. No, wow. Danny Minogue song. Yeah, I would say, yeah, definitely not Kylie. Um, uh, Karen from Finance lets down that hard front ass wig over to the to the right. And they both start lip syncing with that. Well, pause. Of- pause. They both, the editors are shady as fuck with what they did with that lip sync. Because in the beginning, they stopped and had all the music cut out and gave a full on, you know, five seconds yeah. of confessional time to each girl talking about, I'm about to just let her have it. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to pour everything out of my bag and it's going to be fierce. And I, and I said, okay, let's see what but happens. You, they do and that they, every fucking time. They, but no, but they, they do it particular in particular moments too. With a mm-hmm. with the type of editing it is, because they cut the music off and they made it seem like it was about to be Coco and Alyssa, because they also did that when Coco and Alyssa, like you're about to see this big the big matchup, and the girls full uh-huh. on went on to give you nothing. Coco and Alyssa gave us everything. What are you talking about? I'm talking about etc. Uh, uh, oh no, Anita yeah, no, Karen. yeah. Every time they use that plot vehicle, I don't believe it because I always believe it's misdirect central. I think what I noticed was when they gave Karen a moment to, to do her dab, which, okay, her, they had, I, I, the editing that I noticed that was shading was, shady was how they did the laugh track for each one because apparently what Karen, Karen was doing her little boot scoot across the stage and apparently that was fucking hilarious. Too. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't understand why that was funny. I'm like, Right, okay. exactly. Because Coco Jumbo did that the entire lip sync before. So I, I don't understand. And then Anita Wiglet's also doing her little funny moments and God bless her, her, her little rhythmless heart doing her best up on that stage. And they're not, they're never her newt. She's not laughing at her at all. Right. Even though those are things that I've seen them laugh at a billion times on the runway. So the right. editors are being nice and shady. We know that we knew that the odds were stacked against Anita going into this lip sync from jump, us as viewers. And then just watching it just be um, edited and molded into this obliteration like Anita didn't do anything. And Karen went up there and served us Alyssa Edwards to uh, uh, Jush. Mm-hmm. That's not it for me because Miss, uh, Miss Karen was also right off beat to not really doing much, stood in one spot for a long time, went to the other part of the stage for a while. I personally would have saved Anita Wiglet, but I know that was not about to happen up in this mm-hmm. game. And sadly, Karen from Finance let down the hair of her um, hard front ass wig. They said you're safe, and they sent Anita Wiglet to the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone had to go home. <laughs> someone had to go home. As much as a part, part of me wanted a double save, if we were, part, I wanted Karen to go home, but if we were gonna do a double save, I would have been okay with that because I like I like Anita Wiglet, but at the same time, Art Simone just came back too, and they're not about to hold us hostage like they did season thirteen. Keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. So that was this week's episode of Drag Race Down Under. Are they? So I know a couple of episodes ago you said I need the the um, Down Under girls to start giving it to you. Have they started giving it to you? No, yet? they're still not giving it to me. Mm-hmm. What more do you, What more would you say that you would like them to give you? A cohesive runway, I think, but that's on the that's on the editors. 
and the production. Mm-hmm. I want a cohesive mm-hmm. runway. Um, I get bothered by too many like themed runways like this. I just want mm-hmm. a cohesive runway. And so far, I feel like we've gotten too many uh, joke challenge runways. Mm-hmm. I want, season seven. Yeah, I want a runway where the girls just show themselves for once. Yeah. Um, that's like a best drag week yeah um, and uh, I don't know I mean the girls giving, they're giving what they can give it's just not that exciting of a season to me because mm-hmm. it's just it. yeah yeah it's short it is heavily produced at this point mm-hmm. um, more so than I feel like it needs to be um, and I don't like that so, but the girls are doing the best that they can do. It just, right. it just is what it is. Okay. Cool. Um, it, for me, it just seems like a regular season. <laughs> you know, it's hard. When everyone is coming off of the heels of uh, Series 2 of UK, which had like a really stellar bunch of broads. And then it was, it was not just a stellar bunch of broads, but it was, it was just also super diverse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was a lot, it was a lot of unexpected. I mean, the season stopped in the middle of for. COVID. Jenny Lemon walks off the fucking stage. Tia Coffey ends up being someone that we fall in love with and endear, this, endear ourselves to despite the terrible fashions and send, um, assassinates Estina Mandela um, sorry, serves an, a, as an accomplice to production as an assassinator of Estina Mandela. So, you know, it's kind of hard for these other seasons that are um, also pretty heavily produced mm-hmm. too. Uh, and therein lies the issue of oversaturation. These girls don't really get a moment to just sort of shine and live and, and live and walk inside of themselves because, you know, as soon as we come off this shit, we're about to start um, Espania in 10 fucking, and yeah, we're about to start Espania, uh, which we need to have an internal conversation about that. Uh, and then apparently and we get a, a what, is it 28 stars. days until All-Star 6? Right, All-Star starts days. at the end of next month. Yeah. And we know based on uh, Drag Race Internet that um, international All-Stars is already in the can. So yes. that that shoe is going to drop probably you know towards the end of the hole. summer. You know I'm team sure a hole. Well, we all make, <laughs> we all make poor choices. Uh, you know, I love a queen who is who is uh, deeply grounded in her mediocrity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the dancing queen herself. So let's get into our favorite category of episode, every episode. <laughs> Ain't nobody excited for that. It's so funny. When we, so we first, when January Series 1 came out, you and I was like, we're not watching this. We're not watching this. Well, girl, what happened? We smooth downloaded uh, Wild Presents Plus. It was watching Drag Race Series 1. Yeah, and you're going to download Paramount Plus and show <laughs> your password. All right, so, bet. And then you're going to get to Mishi and Mom. No, Plus. so and no, like, no, no, I'm not because to, you, you failed. To, no, because you failed. You are getting to Mishi and Mom. No, I want to see the original argument between to, her no, and Candy you, Muse. I'm not doing it because you were supposed to do that and you did not do that. No, you, so, you were supposed to. Do, when did we discuss that? I, I was going to get Paramount Plus and you were going to get I'm getting Paramount Plus. We discussed that prior to the Mishi and Mom experience being even announced. Run the tapes back. You were supposed to get Paramount Plus and I got. I was supposed to get Paramount Plus. And you, nah, to get you, know, you said it right the first time, cunt. No. I was supposed to get Paramount Plus. You're supposed to get and to Michigan Mom Plus. You uphold that. So now you got to get Paramount Plus. And you go get the Teach Me Shoot Mom experience, girl. We no, about I'm to not, watch these 30 minute ass introductions. That. Yes, notice what's happening. I'm not doing that. Anyway, let's talk about our wigs of the week, darling. Wig of the week. Wig no, of no. the week. Oh, which. <laughs> it's 
giving you the no, fiercest no. wig of the week. I know if I had no fierce wigs this week. I wouldn't give mine to Maxi Shield. That's just because you liked her. I the wig like was not that fierce. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this herein lies the issue with having to just pick one. We just have to pick one. Last week I gave it to Coco Jumbo. And that was a choice because that wig. Um, it wasn't fucking a cetera's wig. So I RuPaul's mean, wig was really great this team. week. RuPaul's wig was re- great. The outfit was not. That um, outfit was legendary. Yeah, we really want to use you as the litmus test for legendary now. Legendary. Not on, not on my watch, and that's on Iyanla Van Zant. So, <laughs> thank you all for joining us for this week's episode of Black to Our Roots for Drag Race Down Under. If you are not already doing so, make sure that you are following us on social media. On Instagram, we're Black to Our Roots Pod. And on Twitter, we're Black to Our Roots. We got our name. Love that for us. And make sure that you're interacting with us. We um, live tweet the episodes as well as live as we can do them <laughs> stateside and not at the ass crack of dawn when this episode gets pl- uh, published to Whoppers it's plus, plus app. So, you know, interact with us, engage with us. We love chit-chatting and talking about drag. And if you want to slide into the DMs on either one of the accounts, do that too. We are totally here for that. All right. My name is Tuko Motherfucking Toes. And I'm Jamal. Bye. Oh, look, Fly's having a threesome. <laughs>